Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. A fine Saturday matinee to you both, Andy, Steve. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> Nerds. How's uh, how's things going? You guys uh, having a good movie life? Good movie week? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that, that characterizes mine as well. I've watched I'm, I've I'm watched lost things. in waves of enthusiasm. I've, well, and that's that's the challenge. Oh, okay. So there's there's three that I've seen since we last talked, I believe. Uh, so actually, just last night, I got around to watching Marjorie Prime, which I remember we had talked about on a Saturday matinee. This is, you know, Pete, right. you got John Hamm in there. And this is an interesting film. It struggled with being adapted from a play and it just felt like I'm watching a play. And I thought, well, if you're going to make this a movie, then you, you, for me, you really need to translate it for that medium. And it, it didn't do a, a really good job of that. It just felt like I was watching a play and great, great actors. You've got John Hamm and, and Gina Davis. And it just, they weren't given enough to work with. And Tim Robbins. And I just, eh, eh, I, I wanted to love it more. And then I watched another one we discussed here. I think it was, 
one of our trailer picks, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society is now on Netflix and another one that was, yeah, eh, it started off really strong and then just became one of those, oh, well, there's this guy and that guy and which guy is she going to end up with? And it just felt, I felt really manipulated. Like there were story choices made to push it in a specific direction and that was disappointing. But on the other end of the spectrum, I did get out to see Black Klansmen. So entirely different experience altogether. First Spike Lee movie I've seen in theaters since Inside Man. I had a great time with that. I'm really looking forward to seeing this one get some awards when we get around to award season because I think it's a, a really powerful film and very entertaining as well. So I have to go back to Marjorie Prime, though. How was Lois Smith? Because really, it's, oh, right. it's Lois, her well, film. It's well, her film, the, right? Not as much as you think it is. Oh, she's, she's the older lady, but she's there's this other versions of her, right? No. No, she's no. the one who has Alzheimer's, and they they gift her like the holographic dead husband yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever, right? Right. That's how it starts, and then it. So that's like Act One, and then Act Two is she has passed away, and now Gina Davis is interacting with the sort of AI historical version of her mother Marjorie, and we we just sort of go oh. through different versions, and it's an interesting study in in memory. Uh, because these computer simulations only know as much as they've been told. So it's it's very interesting when... Uh, so Tim Robbins plays uh, the son-in-law. And so he's talking with John Hamm, who's the you know deceased husband of, of Marjorie. And he's, he's telling him some information. He's like, well, now don't tell Tess, which is Marjorie's daughter, played by Gene Davis. He's like, you can't... Don't tell them that I told you these things. But these are things that you, Walter would know and so it's it's kind of interesting to see how these different characters interact with these sort of a memory version of a, a deceased family member but it goes through different iterations we sort of work our way through history uh so it's not just so much about you know marjorie it starts there and i thought it was going to be a lot more about her and her relationship with her deceased husband oh. but that's only the first part well, yeah, that's what I thought yeah. because then we see well, that's, that's the trailer. a younger, yeah. a younger Marjorie, and then a, like a ten-year-old Marjorie, and that's what I thought. But things started getting confused because of uh, yeah. I need to clearly need to see it. Sure, go ahead. I I, the, <laughs> there, there, I, I, I mean it. It tackles some interesting subject matter about memory and and history. And uh, Tim Robbins has a line where he talks about memory. And apparently there's some research around this, that when we remember what we really are remembering is not the memory itself, but our last recollection of that memory. And so it's like making a copy of a copy. The further along we get and the more times we remember something, it gets hazier and hazier because we're actually recalling not the initial memory, but then we create a, a memory of when we remembered it. And then, that plays into sort of the story with these these AI versions because as they they only exist in as much detail as people remember stories to tell them. So by then creating these people, we're creating distorted versions of our memories. So it's, it's interesting. It just execution. It just felt very stagey and seemed more focused on writing good lines rather than really creating good characters that I felt some connection with. So that's that's my issue with, with Marjorie Prime. I'm in Portland with Pete, which is uh which is a nice change of pace. And we actually went out and saw Perfect Blue, a uh, Satoshi Kohn movie that uh was having a a little theatrical re release. And so we checked that out and uh it was a great experience. It was it was a nice one to see in theaters just because there's a lot happening in the film. And it's a very twisty story, though. And and uh, Satoshi Kon didn't direct many movies because he died at a young age, only four, four films. But uh, now that was the final one that I've seen, and I will say they're all worth watching. It's a really interesting uh, spread of films that Kon that directed. And this one was a really uh, twisty, I guess you could almost say like a Hitchcockian sort of mystery story, but it also is dealing with... Um, perceptions of reality and uh and stuff it's it's really fascinating so that's what's going on in my movie world lately and uh i would highly recommend it don't take the kids 
Don't take the kids. Don't. No. Don't. No. Okay. Satoshi Kon. But dad, but dad, it's animated a films, but yeah. <laughs> Not for the I, I, I've learned that lesson many times. There's yeah, a, just even I would not take the gift. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> that's really a strong warning. Then, well, okay, one of them. <laughs> I wouldn't take one of them. The other one I would. The other one you take and just feel really awkward and uncomfortable I around. I feel weird about it, but I'd probably do it. Who are I kidding? Who am I kidding? Yeah, and then we're, we're here, actually. Andy's up here for the XOXO Festival. Um and the hugs and kisses uh, festival the hugs and it is the hugs exactly. and kisses festival it's, it's exactly a very what it, loving what place it's, what it's like we had a fantastic meet up with a bunch of other podcasters last night and and um that was super fun but uh, yesterday afternoon but then last night we attended the film and animation um uh, event festival part, part of the festival and uh, saw some wonderful shorts from some uh, up and coming um a- animators that were um just delightful we saw the the uh, uh, victoria vincent if you are interested in some really cool uh, animation from a, a young and clearly uh deep feeling animator uh, check out victoria vincent's animation uh, on youtube she's just wonderful and um uh, gosh who uh, who else did we see right after that we saw the uh, the follow up at Graham Annabel uh, uh, and the Grickle channel uh, Graham Annabel is an animator and story artist over at Leica and um, he came and, and showed a whole bunch of his shorts and you can see a bunch of them on his YouTube channel at the Grickle channel totally worth it in, in terms of seeing short form story and I think a, a guy who deeply enjoys playing with uh time and uh, and how he uses time to to make the jokes work uh really great stuff and then uh, we saw a little bit of a of a, a sneak of the follow-up to bojack horseman if you're a bojack horseman fan uh, netflix has got something coming up that is going to be fantastic and i don't think we're even allowed to talk about it they were <laughs> they were, they were yeah. pretty clear but uh that, suffice it to say there is something from the creators of bojack horseman and if you're a fan it should be good and it's about birds. There you go. That's all we. That's all we can say. And it's really cool. We we explicitly can say it looks really cool. So, yeah, I think that's what we were given permission to say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, so we've got uh, another several days of of great festival coming up. XOXO is a is a, a very cool, very different kind of of creative convention. So if you're, if you're into this sort of thing, check out xoxofest.com and uh, get on the mailing list to see when the next one comes around. Should we do uh, trailers? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Anybody have a 24? No, no, a 24, no nobody, red band. Nobody no. drew a 24 red band. All right. No. Steve, why don't you, Rock, paper, I, why don't you I, I was going to say mine's, mine's reddish. There's a lot of red in my trailer. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll take that. Go, go for it. Okay. So I have to preface this by saying I'm I spent a lot more time exploring my trailer and the story about this film than I did on my list. So just let me start with that because I just I picked Anna in the Apocalypse because number one it's zombies, number two it's a musical, and I thought this is really fun. This is we're we're getting up toward the Halloween season. This is something that's light and fun. It, it had a, a feel reminded me a lot of Zombieland. So I thought this is this is a movie I want to go with. So I started you know doing my research. When is this coming out? Who created this thing? What's going on? And it ended up down a, a interesting rabbit hole. So Anna and the Apocalypse, which was uh, written by Ryan McHenry. Uh, it is actually a remake of a BAFTA award-winning short that was written and directed by Ryan McHenry. And I've got a link to the original short that was on it's on YouTube. They then tried to launch a Kickstarter. So the short was from, I think, around 2011, 2012. Tried to launch a Kickstarter, raised less than $2,000, project died. As they were funding that, trying to get that going, you may recall way back in the you know early 20 teens i guess we would call it a series of vines called ryan gosling won't eat his cereal those were do you <laughs> I re- don't do, recall those you, you don't recall these no andy do you know the ryan gosling won't eat his cereal i, vines? I w- have never followed anything on vine what okay so, so it's sorry you ryan gosling's on you know the 
taken little clips from interviews and, and films and it's on a TV screen. And then uh, uh, from off camera, a spoonful of cereal will slowly make its way toward Ryan Gosling's face. And he'll either turn away and one, he actually like knocks the spoon down. Uh, anyway, those were... I'm watching were, it right now. It's brilliant. Yeah, yes. Those were created by Ryan McHenry. And so that was going... Those were getting a lot of... They were going viral at the time they were trying to launch this Kickstarter. And they were still only able to raise you know less than $2,000, uh, which... I guess could be quite discouraging. And then in 2015, actually Ryan passed away due to cancer. Um, so just a tragic story. Uh, you know, never got to see this film, this short realized into an actual feature film, but it is here now being released in the limited release in the U S November 30th, 2018. Anna and the Apocalypse, a musical zombie film about high school students in a zombie apocalypse. I encourage you to go watch the short to get the sense of the the musical numbers. It's just so much fun that I'm I'm looking forward to something like this. It's there's not, I guess, a lot of clamoring for more zombie films, but when they get made, they find their audience. And I think it's a shame that this film wasn't able to you know make it into production get out there while ryan was alive to see this realize because it looks like so much fun and again i guess i'm back in my wheelhouse of movies about teenagers in high school but again taking the zombie genre and just twisting it into something that looks like so much fun i i can imagine next year hosting you know a, a anna and the apocalypse sing-along at my house for halloween <laughs> I'm totally into this movie. I'm into this movie in a big way. I knew you I, would be. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? But, I, I mean, it takes me back, uh, sure, to uh, I think definitely some overtones of Zombieland, but I go back to um, Once More with Feeling, the fantastic Buffy episode that was, you know, a musical number. And I, I think that um, I, I just love this particular I'm a musical nerd. I Like, this particular mashup suits me in all kinds of fantastic ways checks all the boxes i want to like it oh andy no it, it looks like it's oh, it, everything that andy. it should be so predictable <laughs> but unfortunately when i watch the trailer like there's there's not enough in there that makes me excited i feel like oh they're just doing all the same tropes of of Shaun of the Dead or any other kind of zombie comedy and I guess I needed to see a little more of the musical part or something to just give me a little more motivation to think that it's actually going to be um, really exciting but the musical element of it is like not even really in the trailer and so I was, I was a little disappointed about that actually well it's disappointed in you and what you've done <laughs> lately too well I, I will make sure I get the, the link out to for posting in the show notes of the the short, which is about 17 minutes long. And it's got, I think, three or four musical numbers in it. So you can get a sense of what it looks How like. How were they? I, the, the opening one I found really catchy, a lot of fun. There's, you know, there, there's a, a teacher that's got one that I didn't really, I didn't click with. I didn't think it was that great of a song. But I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that, to take the seed and, what additional numbers and, and, you know, that they bring into this. Cause again, it's a, it's the short, it's the condensed low budget version. So I'm, was, I'm looking was forward to it. Was it called to, the same thing? It's called Zombie Musical. Oh, that's right. Zombie it's a Zombie Musical. Okay. Yes. And when's it come out? It comes out November, limited release in the US, November 30th. Gotcha. Limited release, huh? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it says. I know. <laughs> hurry, right. hurry. Wait. Is there a buzz? Uh, kill it andy's here to kill it <laughs> all right well who wants to go next pete you oh no it's all you i think it's oh all yeah you. yeah i've got a i've got a blanket i want to soak here to <laughs> <laughs> on your trailer so go ahead i see it i see well my next film i you know i was struggling trying to find the right trailer to talk about and i ended up going with uh yorgos lanthimos's next film which uh, when I saw that he was directing this film called The Favorite, that's exactly what I needed to go. That's the trailer I want to talk about. Um, Yorgos did The Lobster and The Killing of Sacred Deer, 
and I find an incredibly interesting director. In this particular case, um, it's not a project that he had written, um, or uh, neither he nor his uh, his writing partner. And uh, this one instead was written by Deborah Davis and Tony McNamara. And um, and it's a British period film, so it seemed totally outside of his wheelhouse. But the way that the trailer unfolds, I found uh, really like just fantastic characters and made me feel like this is something that Yorgos could be bringing uh, just a really interesting story to this world of British royalty. Uh, the story is about uh, Queen Anne when she was... Uh, uh, running things back in the early 18th century. And um, her two cousins are are trying to be her favorite. And Olivia Coleman plays the queen, and uh, Rachel Weiss and Emma Stone play the two cousins. And, um, and it's fantastic watching these little catfights between these women as they try to be the one who is in the queen's favor. And that's just what got me really excited about it is just watching the the wonderful acting of uh, Rachel and Emma opposite Olivia as they're as they're doing everything they can to to gain the queen's power. So um, it you know I don't know I, I think Yorgos has become a director that when he's making a film just seeing his name attached instantly gets me excited because. Um, even if I don't necessarily love the films that he's doing, I find them some of the most fascinating films that are getting made. So what do you guys think of this one? Oh, dumb. <laughs> I wish I could get more I'm excited like it. about it. <laughs> no, I regretfully, uh, I really enjoyed this trailer. <laughs> I, uh, I, I think it's got a, it's got a great spirit and I love the idea or, or I just love anytime Rachel Weisz is, is, uh, uh, in a film like this, I get, I'm very excited about it. I think she's just so great, but, um, in particular, you know, playing the queen, um, I, I just think she looks, uh, what's, what's her name playing the queen? I lost my tab. Olivia Coleman. Oh, Olivia. Uh, in particular, playing the queen, Olivia Coleman looks just terrific uh, in terms of what she's bringing to the screen. I'm I'm very excited about this. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be very entertaining. A different, certainly a different spin on a period piece. I thought we'd talked about this in a trailer pick like a week or two ago because I it must have I must have come across this somewhere else, maybe as a teaser or something, because I remember seeing bits of this and thinking oh yeah and then i thought oh no we already talked about this now i am super excited about this i love the lobster to see olivia coleman and rachel weiss working with yorgos again i and then bringing emma stone into the mix it has this just the the catty rivalry between the two of them trying to you know be the queen's favorite i, I just yeah, I'm looking forward to this as my like birthday, you know, binge when this uh, comes out later this fall because I am all about films like this. It's a period piece, but it's not a dry, stuffy, boring period piece. I'm looking for a lot of fun out of this, and knowing it's Yorgos, some really dark humor. I'm expecting. Yeah, the the script was described as a body acerbic tale of royal intrigue, passion, envy, and betrayal, and I think that it comes through. <laughs> you know, there's definitely that 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 bodiness with this trailer it's really going to um, give us something that's not stuffy so i'm i'm quite excited about it it looks like it's been in the festival circuit still but it's going to hit the u.s here right around thanksgiving november 23rd before it heads over to australia on the 26th of december and then everywhere else in the world starting in the uk and ireland uh it starts playing january 1st 2019 my trailer uh, is a little bit of a different uh, tone here. It's called My Dinner with Erev, and it is uh, a, a film for HBO. So it's gonna it's gonna jump straight to HBO uh, about the later days of actor Herv Villachez. And I I don't know I I I was not a huge Fantasy Island fan, but man, uh, Herv Villachez was just iconic. You you know for me growing up, I always knew who this guy was. And so I, I didn't know a whole lot about him. Uh, but I, I certainly knew that, you know, who he was, who he was in popular entertainment. I, I was kind of always aware um, that 
you know, he was around and working. And this uh, tells a story um, of his relationship with this reporter, Sasha uh, Gervaisi, uh, who was who spent time with him and um, then, you know, her f- did this interview with him and killed himself in 1993. And so this actually was written and directed by Gervaisi. Uh, so it's, um, am I right on that? I may need to take that back. It was written and directed by Gervaisi. And who's, yes, yes, he was. Uh, who died after this interview with Gervaisi. Uh, and so I think it's a, it takes place at an interesting time. It is uh, the, the role of Villachez is uh, performed by Peter Dinklage, who I have enormous respect for uh, as an actor. And uh, I, I think he's, you know, just looking at him as he embodies this character is, uh, is enormously satisfying. Uh, Jamie Dornan uh, plays a, a I, my guess is he plays a fictionalized version of Gervaisi himself. Andy Garcia plays uh, Ricardo Montalban, in, who you know obviously spent a great deal of time with Villachez in uh, uh, you know in the production of Fantasy Island, and um, so I, I think it just looks like a, a wonderful um, portrayal of you know a, a really struggling. Um, you know, actor in the last days of his life. So, uh, I'm. I, what'd you guys think? Are you interested in this one? I'm so interested in it. Um, like you, I grew up knowing who he was, uh, and I was a big Fantasy Island fan, and uh, I just loved his part of it. It was just such an, a unique character. And then you see him in The Man with the Golden Gun, and it's like such a right. different, uh, more um, you know, mischievous character. Um, I always was uh, just in love with him as a character and I never knew anything about the man. And so this to me looks like an exciting opportunity to learn a little bit more about who this guy is and uh, and get get some of his story. And so, yeah, it's super fascinating. I also love that, you know, it is a biopic about somebody in the industry. So you have somebody playing Merv Griffin, somebody playing Aaron Spelling. Britt Eklund. You know, right, it's, right. It's, it's always fun to just see these uh, these people playing these uh, well-known Hollywood uh, icons. I was so. I was disappointed that we didn't get more of that in the trailer, too, especially uh, Garcia. I'm super interested in how Garcia plays Montalban. I think that's uh, that's an interesting casting choice, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. We didn't get a lot of that. No. They're, they're, that's what they're going to get you. That's how they're drawing you in. You want to see. That's right. You want to see. Sucked me in. You want to see Andy Garcia. Welcome to Fantasy Island. <laughs> I love. I just. Them. I want to see Andy Garcia with the uh, with the chest piece from uh, Star Trek. <laughs> see, that's the thing. Garcia would need a chest piece. Montalban never needed a chest piece. Oh, this will this will be fun. When is this uh, hitting HBO it, that that I it, don't have, and I'll have to you know find a way to you will find to, a way find a way to subscribe to HBO Go or whatnot. Yeah. That'll be uh, October twentieth uh, in the U.S. I don't know how HBO release dates um, uh, impact international release dates. My assumption is it's a global release on HBO, but this this just says specifically U.S. twenty October, twenty eighteen. All right, very cool. All right. The lists. Oh, gentlemen, I think the uh, Patreon community was kind to us this week. Well, if anything, we've learned that they love montages. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. It's montages all the way down here at Saturday matinee. Uh, I, I'm. Uh, this was. I, I think we could call this list the Curse of Riches list. Uh, there are a lot of montages. Uh, I'm excited to see what you guys came up with. Um, Steve, why don't you kick us off? Okay. I don't even know where to start. If I go with like the obvious classic, which will probably be a steal, or if I go with something, if I start with with the deep cuts. Oh, where do I begin? I go, I'll go with one of my favorite movies. I will go with one of my favorite comedies. I am going to go with, well, we're talking about training montages. And so when you're training for something, typically you get into the area of sports because you've, you've got to improve as an athlete or a team has got to work to get better in their skills. And for me, the classic dodgeball, dodgeball training sequence as uh, you've got Rip Torn in his wheelchair, screaming, throwing wrenches, uh, <laughs> 
gets me every single time. I can just watch that over and over again, and I will always laugh. The wrenches. That was <laughs> the, the wrench. best part. If you can dodge a, if you can dodge a wrench, you can Traffic. dodge a ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such that is a great a, one. Such a great pick. So I, fantastic. Yeah, I can't believe that's not a steal. I feel like that's that's right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I didn't even think about that I one. know, me neither. Dodgeball, number number three for Steve. What's yours, yes. Andy? I went down. Um, it's, it's interesting. You start looking at training montages. One, I was surprised how many sites had done the 25 best training montages. Yes. It's like it, <laughs> Clearly, people think a lot about training montages, which cracked me up. Um, I went down a uh, a different direction, though, because I knew so many of them were likely so obvious um, and and just great. I mean, there are a lot of great training montages, and I opted to very specifically pick animated training montages. Ah, okay. So, so for my first one, I am going with the one that I probably get the most laughs from, and it's from Kung Fu Panda, which. Is I, I actually really enjoy the Kung Fu Panda films. I think they're really funny. I think Jack Black um, really embodies this a fantastically uh, hungry panda who has to learn the art of Kung Fu and become a master. And uh, what his master learns is that in order to train this panda, who was picked by the, the great one to be the next Kung Fu master, the way to train him is through his belly. And so he has to train him by tempting him with food. And so it's this whole montage of him trying to get get him to get these um, dumplings from him, and uh, and it's just it's a hilarious montage as they as he uh, is offering him dumplings and, and beating up the panda, um, and uh, as the panda slowly learns the art of kung fu by uh, through his stomach. So it was a fantastic little joy to watch. That's number one for me, Kung Fu Panda. It is a terrific montage. I uh, I feel like you've I don't know. I like that you went and, and are doing a, a series of animated, specifically <laughs> genre based, theme based uh, uh, montages. I am not. I'm going with the most obvious because they are my favorite. Uh, and the the first one, which served to redefine the montage for me, uh, is the ridiculous uh, montage in Team America: World Police. The we need a montage montage uh, as we are training our puppet heroes in the arts of uh, martial arts, in um, uh, weightlifting, in reading, <laughs> and all to that fantastic Trey Parker, Matt Stone song as we watch Kim Jong-il being inducted into the, uh, the peace, <laughs> peace accord and inviting world leaders to see him uh, uh, win this award. It is... I just love this montage. And uh, so, you know, whatever you think of the movie, the montage and the song are fantastic. You're so meta. Like, you are so meta. The montage about very montages. I bet I am. I like how you say that uh, you're going a different route, yet the first one you pick is an animated movie. It's an animated film. movie, yes. I know, right? <laughs> but I, that's the only one that is. Right, right, right. It'd right. be very tough to claim that my next two are animated. Well, I knew you were going to pick that one, so I, I know didn't you put did. it on my list. I'm so, I'm so predictable. <laughs> All okay. right, Steve, number two. Okay, number two. I'm going to go back into you. You know what? What's my wheelhouse? Things taking place in a school. You've got you've got kids that need to learn things, and you know if you, if you've got a, a lot of learning to happen and a lot of time has got to pass, the, the ideal thing is to do a montage and. Uh, Andy, I think Jack Black is just, you know, one of my favorites. And so School of Rock, the training the band montage where he's got each of his band members and he's showing here's Pete Townsend with his windmill guitar technique showing that. And he's training the keyboardist how to, you know, dynamically play the keyboard. And he's just having all these little one on one sessions as the song plays over. And we see him teaching these kids what it means to be, you know, rock gods in a band. That's a fantastic choice. So good, and I, I really enjoyed this movie. I still haven't seen the musical. I mean, we should we should go yeah, see the musical. I haven't seen it either. But I, I I think the movie's fantastic, and it's it's it is a great Jack Black movie. It's it's uh, Richard Linkletter, which um, yeah. it was kind of a surprising uh, film for him. I, although he's one of those directors who's always kind of surprising me. Uh, with some of the things that he steps off to do. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, fantastic pick. I loved it. 
Okay. Well, well, animated number for, two, Andy. Animated number two. For my next one, um, we're going to get down to business to defeat the Hun. Yeah. <laughs> this I is knew we were going to do this. Yes, of course. Yep, yep. Oh, it's a, such a good <laughs> one. Not only is it a tra- is it a training montage, but it's it's they build a whole song out of it as as we are training the inept soldiers how to actually fight. And this is a, a fun little song where you have uh, Captain Shang, um, in this particular case, uh, singing by Donny Osmond, although B.D. Wong does the voice for the rest of the film, um, training these these soldiers, including Mulan, how to actually fight and uh, and teaching them all these the art of, of you know, weaponry and defense and it's it's just a terrible group of soldiers. And initially, they start out. Um, Mulan, of course, is a woman disguised as a man, and you have them kind of picking on 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 her slash him. And uh, and uh, but over the course of the song, we see them learning how to fight. We see Mulan as the one who, uh, at the beginning of it, uh, Captain Shang has shot this arrow at the top of this this um, big pole, and you know the they. Somebody needs to get it off of it. And at the end of the song, we see that Mulan has finally figured out the trick to get it. And it's just a very inspirational song as as these uh, these soldiers become a team and actually learn to uh, go forth and fight. And it's a, it's a great movie. I love this one. It's a fun one to watch with the kids. Yes, it's a little dark as they come over the hill and find, you know, burned out villages. <laughs> you know, it's it, it could be a little dark if you think about it. But uh, but it's a it's a great Disney film. And uh, so that's uh, choice number two. My choice number two, uh, I'm going again back to my teenage years. Uh, where I explore the wonders of becoming an immortal and try to answer the question, why doesn't Christopher Lambert just kill Sean Connery? Just take his head. He takes the sword out of his hand, throws it off a cliff. Just take his head and end it. I never understood that. I'm talking about Highlander uh, from 1986, the montage of uh, Sean Connery. Uh, trying to playing a Spaniard, trying to teach Christopher Lambert uh, how to become an immortal and how to fight with swords is it's just one of my very favorite movies. I think it may be a guilty pleasure now. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that I really love this movie uh, legitimately, <laughs> but I do love this movie legitimately. Whatever it takes for me to say I love this movie, I will say it in that spirit. I have a great time with this movie. Clancy Brown is amazing. Sean Connery is the Spaniard is amazing. (laughs) Come on. Oh, feel no shame for loving this movie. It is. It it has a special place. I mean, look at what has come from it. There were multiple sequels, a TV series that came from all of which pale in comparison to the original. Uh, No, you you can proudly say I, I love Highlander. There, it can, is, it there is, can be only one. There can be only one. <laughs> yeah. It is well, well enough not over to the, the six-star. Plenty of sequels. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> <Right>. well, <yeah. laughs> it is well over the six-star rule. It's 7.2 on IMDb. Oh. So it is fair game, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. saying. No. Anyway. That's... I never enjoyed it the first time I watched it, but I feel like I need to rewatch it because I feel like I might have just missed some things. Or maybe I just hated the music so much. Oh, yeah. Well, the music will probably seem much worse. And You I... know what you should do, though? This is what you should do. You should start the montage scene in Highlander, but play the montage music from Mulan. And it's the same thing. <laughs> oh, oh my. I'll feel much better about <laughs> there's it. A, there's a project for you, Andy. Let's get down to business. business. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's not the hunt about the Kurgan, you know? I mean, you can, yeah. you can make it work. You can oh, make it my work. goodness. Highlander. All right. Uh, Next. Good, number, good this is the number one pick. Okay. Number one pick round. Okay. I don't believe... I mean, wh- when you talk montages, there's, there's only... There's one that set the standard, I think, for montages for jingoistic propaganda in the 80s to have an evil russian training with machines and sylvester stallone out on a farm working hard like a man with lumber in the snow (laughs) rocky four training montage the montage to end all montages 
I'm so sad. No, <laughs> we knew we knew a Rocky film was going to and end up if, on this if, list. Andy, you shut up. I almost had all three Rocky <laughs> montages on this list, but that Steve would go to the evil Russian. I thought there was a chance after getting through the entire list so far. That maybe I could get Rocky Four on my list. No, well, it's, it's so good. It's it's, it's in fact beats all other Rocky montages. No, that's totally that's that's it. And then to you know to tie in the other pieces, you've got Creed Two. We're coming back to the Russians again. So we're we're back in the place we were thirty three years ago yeah. with a uh, you know film in the Rocky franchise. Sort of, I guess we can say you know with a you know American fighting a Russian again. So we'll we'll see how well the training montage there holds up against this classic piece of mid-80s propaganda cinema. It's so does classic. Every, does every Rocky's movie have a uh, a training montage? Of course it does. Is that like a standard of every film? Well, how else is he going to be yeah. a fantastic boxer if he doesn't montage his way to the top? That's right. Well, I figure by the time by the time he's boxed a couple movies, he doesn't need to do the training montages anymore. I don't know. Oh, God, I can't uh, wait. Wait, till the wait. And I realized I thought <laughs> you and I'm surprised. Why have why has there not been a Rocky series? Why has the next reel not done a Rocky series? Check is the it, schedule. Steve. Is it? Is Check it? The is, schedule. Oh, 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 okay. And ask Andy how many Rocky movies he's seen. Go yeah, ahead. I, I, can't I wait. know. I, <laughs> I can't wait to hear the answer to this. One, there can one, be only one point five. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you in the eighties, Andrew? What was going on? Avoiding Rocky. What? Movies. Rocky two. <laughs> Rocky three with Mr. T and Hulk Hogan. What? Come on! Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. I, I am. Yeah. I am actually. I can. Oh I man. Okay. This was such a it's great gonna montage. Be, because it's going to be like was, the Ocean series. It's maybe. No, I still love the Ocean's movies. You you didn't smash. Look, I think this montage is so great because it's long. It's like eight minutes long. Of it's like a double montage because we get Rocky fighting beef and running from cars in the snow. And, and he runs so fast, Rocky runs so fast in this montage that he causes chase cars to crash. And they can't even keep up with him on foot. It's amazing. He he pulls, uh, he plays the part of an ox. He He's amazing. Yes. And at the same time, Drago gets his own montage interleaved with this. It's the science montage. Yes. And I, I'm giddy with excitement when I watch Drago because you think he's using the power of science Science, of course, is going to win the day over these rudimentary <laughs> sides of beef training tools. Oh, it turns out these tried old tried old tools they yeah. they, they have uh, they have a place in this world of modernity. It's saying so much. <laughs> I love that you love it. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, well go ahead, Andy. Go ahead. Can you for my Rocky can't. Four? You can't. <laughs> can't i can't no i can't no, no way oh absolutely You've already no, lost. I, probably not according to you two i'll never win i and i there are certainly a lot of i as i found animated training montages more than i realized but when i watched them all i'm like oh there there's another one there were quite a few but i went with what is one of my favorite pixar films and it's it's not about the art and the science of boxing it is about the art and science of cooking uh, it is, of course, Ratatouille, and there's a wonderful training montage when Remy, the rat, has to teach um, Linguini, the kind of idiot, uh, how to cook so that they can they can fake this whole thing of, of cooking in this restaurant, becoming a chef. And Linguini uh, is blindfolded with a tie, and Remy is sitting on top of his head in his apartment. And Remy has realized that if he kind of lightly tugs on on Remy's hair, that he can get uh, Linguini to actually cook. And it's it's a fun little montage, as as Remy is learning just the right way to get Linguini to uh, to actually cook. And it, it ends with, of course, them in the restaurant, uh, Remy hiding under Linguini's hat and uh, working as a chef in the restaurant. It's a really fun montage. It's nowhere near as lengthy or as in-depth as the one from Rocky Four or Three, whichever one that was. Oh, my. But, I know. But it is very adorable, and I really love uh, this particular film. So that's my final pick, Ratatouille. 
I love this film too. That's a great pick. And um, I don't, I, you know, I, don't, I feel like, I don't know what it is about Ratatouille, but it is one of my very top favorite Pixar films. And oh, mine too. Yeah, I, I don't. I feel like that is not a commonly shared uh, belief. Sadly, I think you're right. I'm very but sad. It's a shame because yeah. more people should. Oh, love it's, more people it's, should love. It's, yes, it's, it's wonderful. It's 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 one that I hold close to my heart, and I, I'm glad that it isn't one of those that just gets all this attention because it makes it even more special for me. So that that's how I consider. Oh, it. that's a good yeah. way to look at it. Yeah. I don't have to share it with the world. It's just you don't it's have special to, to me. It. It's <laughs> just and, and, your special. It's, it's my exactly. Right. right. <laughs> I love it. This is a good list, uh, Jens. Where do we? Uh, what are we going to do? Wait, wait. Yeah. What's your no, final no, list? No, no, no. He's, I, no he's, I stand Rocky, on Rocky Four. Are you kidding? Rocky no. Four. Yeah. I'm not going oh, into really? my deep cuts. I feel no. so strongly about Rocky Four as the best montage of the '80s. I, I, oh, wow. I'm not. It's not even worth going into my my. Uh, backups there's no woody allen montage wow, wow. No, uh, there's no woody allen training montage you could find <laughs> <laughs> nope i'm not even digging into woody allen movies <laughs> okay that's funny so uh what are we what are we doing next week well we're ending our planet of the apes series with battle for the planet of the apes so uh what is it we've got final battles we've got um uh, under uh, underground cities. Mm. <laughs> is, that, is there a montage? Is there a battle oh, montage dear. we can do? Uh, <laughs> battle montage. There's, no. There's people faking their death to uh, to um, you know pull the Trojan horse on their enemy. Okay. Um, and, well, there is also Trojan so horse do, knockoffs. So yeah, we could do Trojan horse knockoffs, massacres, <laughs> great cinematic massacres. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, you could get Mulan in there. Oh, I, I could. Ouch. <laughs> we could certainly do battles, like battle films. Um, I mean, there are so many battle films that have just battle after battle. So, I mean, we could always throw that in there. Uh, Death of a Child. <laughs> oh, Let's go for all the cheery options wow. this week. How about Death, Death <laughs> of a Child montages? <laughs> Uh, well, also uh, disappointing final films in a series. <laughs> Wait, did I spoil anything there? <laughs> we could certainly throw that out there. I, I don't know if it matters if we. Spoil <laughs> that. <laughs> that ship sailed. <laughs> Steve, any options stand out as the highlights for you? Steve hasn't watched uh, this movie no, in a I, long no, time. No, I haven't since all. since 1970 something or so when it was on WGN. I I don't know. I, well, I, I be, Death of a Child. That's that's gonna broaden that's, the scope. That's that happens in yeah. a lot of movies. So you can go different different routes with that. The fine. I mean, final battles. I think or big battles. I mean, that's really broad. And what what else was there? There was the, Trojan Horse. Knock oh, Tro- Trojan Horse. That might be interesting. I don't know how I'm going to find a list of movies know, around that because it'd be tricky. That's that's tricky, but there's different different ways that can play out, which will be interesting to see different ways that people interpret that. If that ends up being a, a list of what that means, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. intrigued by that one. Which I'd, I'd prefer having one like that and see if the, the community is going to challenge us on that or they'll let us get away with, like, a child can't be killed by a train montage. <laughs> Luckily, there are no trains in this movie. There are no trains. There, we, we don't have. Yeah. Or, or battles. I guess. Is there anything specific about this battle that would allow us to refine that so it's not so broad? Because battle could be just... Well, I don't know if we if it matters yeah. if we're broad, does it? I don't know. I so. Okay, I don't think so. I think it's. I think that opens us up to uh, more movies. Okay, I like yes. it. So, final battles: Trojan Horse and Death of a Child. Yeah, final final battle films: Death of a Child and Trojan Horse. That's it. Yeah, Trojan Horse ish ish. <laughs> <laughs> there doesn't actually have to be anyone from Troy or a horse. To make that work. It just has to be the Trojan horse gambit. Right. That ought to be interesting. Okay, so I'll I'll say final battle films, death of a child, and Trojan horse-ish scenes. (laughs) Does that work? (laughs) Sure. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
All right, we've got the uh, poll up. So beauty. Uh, get your votes in, everybody. All right, <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, well, thank you, uh, thank you, gents. It's a fine uh, Saturday morning uh, to talk with you about movies. Good lists. Hope everybody checks it out. Uh, especially Rocky Four, which is the best montage of all, and certainly beats all of Andy's choices uh, combined. Uh, <laughs> I'm disappointed that none of us put Dirty Dancing on our lists, but. They didn't animate that one. Turns out they do put baby in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out they do. Turns out sometimes they do. Babies are in the corner. Uh, All right. Uh, It's a good week. We've got to get to the conference. Uh, uh, We do. We do. We've got to hustle. Thanks, Steve, for uh, checking in. I'm disappointed you didn't drive up to Portland, but uh, what are you going to do? We'll have to make it up there for the next Hugs and Kisses Festival, I guess. Outstanding. (laughs) Oh, I look forward to that already. Uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, downloading, supporting the show over on Patreon.com. Uh, we really appreciate your uh, participation and your dollars uh, to help us do fun things like, uh, you know, keep the site running and keep us in equipment and keep us doing this fun, uh, fun show. So thank you, everybody, and um, uh, we'll catch you next week. See ya. Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Music